Thanks for joining us for the special Mideast Prophecy Edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. shares the Mideast Prophecy Update from an Arab perspective as he connects the dots of current events geopolitically with last day's prophecies biblically. It is our belief that the next event on God's prophetic clock is the rapture of the Church of Jesus Christ. It is our hope that these Bible prophecy updates will not only ready you and steady you for His return, but that they will also encourage you to share the gospel with others in order that the rapture will not be as a thief in the night. In today's prophecy update, Pastor J.D. discusses his beliefs that the rapture will come before the tribulation. He believes that Jesus' second coming is near and that Christians need to be prepared and ready. We should be spreading the gospel like wildfire so that as many people as possible will be reunited with God. Now, don't forget to stay with us after today's Prophecy Update to learn how you can become a Facebook friend or watch the weekly Prophecy Update on YouTube. Now, here's Pastor J.D. with today's Prophecy Update as shared on May 24th, 2020. We all pray to the same God. You see how subtle that is? All the Mosaic religions, the Abrahamic religions, all support preferring a life. And so I wouldn't exempt anybody on religious grounds any more than I would exempt people on religious grounds from other obligations under the law. Okay, takes your breath away, doesn't it? Let me catch my breath, turn a corner here, and explain that the reason I wanted to address this today is because to me it's further confirmation of everything that we've been talking about since this crisis began. At the risk, and I, and I know I run the risk <laughs> of an oversimplification when I say this, but this pre-scripted crisis will eventually result in everyone having to prove, have proof that they're in compliance with said mandated vaccine at some point in the future. It's coming. We don't know when. We really don't know exactly how, but what we do know from Scripture is that a global leader will control, control a global population via a global government, a global economy, and a global one world religion. It's in the book of Revelation. Thankfully, we also know from Scripture that the church of Jesus Christ has to be raptured before the seven-year tribulation begins. Thus the Antichrist cannot be revealed until the church is raptured. Well, pastor, with all due respect, 
I disagree. Okay. Why are you so dogmatic about it? Why are you so emphatic about it? Oh, I'm so glad you asked. Well, not you. You. You asked, right? I'm going to answer. Let's talk about Jesus. That's always a good place to start. Speaking of the Passover prophecy, when at that Last Supper, as we affectionately refer to it, Jesus is speaking to the disciples as a bridegroom to His bride. That's the betrothal, the cup, the bread. When she accepts the cup, she's saying, yes, I will marry you. And then the groom with that marriage covenant, the new covenant sealed in His blood, goes to His Father's house, and He builds a bridal chamber. He prepares a place. And that is the place that He is going to come back and get His bride and take her to, to consummate and celebrate their marriage. Guess for how long? A period of seven, the number of completion. As one so aptly said, while the world is tribulating, we are celebrating. A period of seven. Behold, Jesus said, I go to prepare a place for you. He's talking as a bridegroom to His bride. After the seven, the bride and the groom emerge from that bridal chamber, that place that was prepared. Oh, and when it's ready, the Father only knows and says, it's time. And they sound the trumpet. Speaking of trumpets, by the way, let me just parenthetically say, people get hung up on the whole trumpet thing. There are two trumpets. There's the trumpet call of God, that's for the church. And there's the trumpet of angels, that's for Israel. Please, please, please make that distinction. There's the first trumpet for Israel, the last trumpet for the church. In 1 Thessalonians 4.17, this is where Paul, and by the way, this is your answer. Don't be militant like me. I'm very militant. I'm trying to do better. But just, you know, when somebody says, the word rapture isn't in the Bible. Just say, well, it, if you have a Latin Bible, it is, because in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 17, it's the word rapturous, which is transliterated rapture. It's harpazo in the Greek. And in the English, it's caught, it's caught up with swift force, very fast. That's the rapture. First Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 17, we who were alive and remained at the trumpet call of God will be caught up. The dead in Christ will rise first, then we who are alive and remain. And you know, after he says that, you know what he says? He says, therefore, encourage one another with these words. Could you imagine? if the church had to go through the tribulation, or if the rapture was mid-tribulation, a third of the population is going to die in the tribulation. Horrific, unspeakable horror. Be encouraged. Have, encourage one another with those. It doesn't fit. I digress. A period of seven. How about the book of Revelation? <laughs> Verse 19, chapter 1, as one called it, a divine outline, where John is told to write that which he had seen, that which is now, and that which is to take place after these things, metatauta in the Greek. In other words, John, I'm going to reveal revelation 
which by the way comes from the Greek word apokalypsos, where we get apocalypse. It's unveiling. It's revealing. It's taking the veil off and revealing. Get it? I know this is deep. Revelation. It's a revelation (laughs) of what's coming. So John is told by Jesus to write past, present, and future. Chapter 1, past. John was an eyewitness of Jesus Christ, crucified, resurrected, and glorified, seated at the right hand of the Father, past. Chapters 2 and 3, present. That's where we are right now. Seven letters, there's that seven again, to seven churches. And oh, by the way, (laughs) the church of Philadelphia in chapter 3, Jesus has John write to this church who had kept His Word, didn't deny His name. He said, I will keep you from the hour of tribulation that is coming upon the whole earth. That's the seven-year tribulation. So chapters 2 and 3 is church history, the church age present. Chapter 4 verse 1 on is all future. And in chapter 4 verse 1, John is told to come up hither at the sound of a trumpet, And everything from chapter 4 verse 1 is all future. That's the rapture. And then chapters 6 through 19 are all about the horrors, the judgments during the seven-year tribulation. Chapter 20 is the millennium. Chapters 21 and 22, the new heavens and the new earth, eternity, future. Beautiful divine outline. Oh, by the way, one more thing. Verse 3, Revelation chapter 1. Blessed are those who read the words in this book and take them to heart. The only book in the entirety of the Bible that promises a blessing to those who read it, hear it, and take it to heart. You want to know what the future holds and who holds the future? It's in the book of Revelation. So here's my point, and here's why the rapture has to happen before the seven-year tribulation. Okay. The word church is mentioned 19 times in chapters 1 through 3. Chapter 4 verse 1 on, which is all future, when John is caught up hither to see what's going to take place metatauta after these things. Chapter 4 verse 1. Uh, how many times is the word church mentioned? How about in chapters 6 through 19, which is the seven-year tribulation. How many times is the word church in chapters 6 through 19? Zero. Why is the word church not in chapters 6 through 19 all about the tribulation? Because the church is not in the tribulation. The purpose of the tribulation is for the salvation of the Jewish nation. That's why the church isn't there. Oh, pastor, wait a minute. How about those that are in the tribulation that are beheaded because they refuse to take the mark of the beast? And John even asks, who are these? That's not the bride. They're affectionately referred to as the tribulation saints. In other words, they get saved during the seven-year tribulation. Now, before you breathe a sigh of relief, thinking, oh, cool. All right, so if it happens the way you say, and the rapture happens and takes you away, I still have a chance. Yes and no, and I'll explain. What makes you think 
that you would be willing to die for Jesus Christ in the tribulation if you were not willing to live for Jesus Christ before the tribulation. I don't mean to be mean. My wife says, you're mean. I'm not mean. It's the truth. That's the truth. They're still saved. (laughs) We'll see them in heaven, but they're not seated with Jesus on the throne. They're serving at the throne. They're not the bride at the wedding feast. They're the guests at the wedding feast. We're the bride. I know for guys, this is a weird thing. You know, it's kind of like, I'm a man. No, you're the bride. (laughs) And trust me, you want to be. You want to be. Trust me. I know it's weird now, but John says, in heaven will know no man after the flesh. So just take heart. Where was I? I was making a very profound point here somewhere. Oh, (laughs) why the rapture has to happen before the seven-year tribulation. Okay. Let's talk about typology. I've always been so fascinated by Old Testament typology. Spence said that the Old Testament conceals what the New Testament reveals. And by the way, a lot of by the ways again today, but uh, the first prophecy in the Bible is found in Genesis 3 verse 15. It's the Proto-Evangelicum where uh, it is prophesied that there will come a Savior from a virgin birth, the seed of the woman that will crush the head of the serpent, Satan. That's the, a prophecy about Jesus coming being born of a virgin, Genesis 3.15, the first prophecy in the Bible. By the way, by the way, (laughs) a third of the Bible is prophecy. So let's talk about the Old Testament, the rapture in the Old Testament by way of typology. Let's talk about Joseph, who is a type of Christ. He takes a Gentile bride before the seven-year famine, and she is never heard from or mentioned again. That is a picture of the church, the bride of Jesus Christ, pre-seven famine. Uh, Let's talk about Noah. A lot of people think that, you know, get on the ark. Well, Noah is not a type of the church. Noah is a type of Israel. Enoch is a type of the church. So you have the Gentile bride of Joseph pre-famine. By the way, the Jews are saved in the midst of the seven-year famine, just like Noah, a type of Israel, is saved in the midst of the flood. And oh, interesting detail, I think it's in uh, chapter 7, where Noah's in the ark with his family for seven days before the rain fell. Enoch, chapter 5, pre-flood. So (laughs) you got pre-famine, now pre-flood. It's going to get better. We're going to talk about pre-furnace in a moment. (laughs) Pre-flood. Enoch walked with God and was no more. What happened? Oh, God took him. Just like that, poof, he raptured him. And he was no more. Enoch, a picture of the church pre-flood. Noah and his family, a picture of Israel saved in said flood. 
Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. This one, they should all seal the deal, but I'll end with this one. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego are thrown into the, I'll be careful, seven times hotter fiery furnace. Not the three and a half times hotter fiery furnace, the seven times hotter fiery furnace. And they're saved in the midst of that seven times hotter fiery furnace, the way that Israel will be saved in the midst of the seven year tribulation at the midpoint. When they realize when this Antichrist, who they thought was their Christ, commits this abomination that causes desolation, they're going to flee for the last three and a half years of the seven year tribulation. Many believe, present company included, to Petra in modern day Jordan, where God will protect them. The whole house of Israel gets saved. And at the end of the seven year tribulation, they will call for Him, the one whom they pierced, and He will come, and we with Him, ten thousands by His side, as His bride. It's been said that at the rapture, Jesus comes for us. At the second coming, Jesus comes with us. Where's Daniel? What happened to Daniel? He's not in the seven times hotter fiery furnace. Oh, pre-furnace. Daniel is exalted, taken up, to a high position, pre-furnace, and not there. A picture of the church. I forgot one detail. There's many. I have a whole list, so many. Back to the wedding. Uh, I learned this during the filming of Before the Wrath. Very interesting. So in the Galilee region, the tradition of the Galilee wedding was such that when the bridegroom came as a thief in the night to abduct, snatch away, take away, rapture away his bride, and take her to that place that he had prepared for her at his father's house. They would take and lift her up off of the earth and carry her. That's the rapture. And they would have known it, by the way. I know in my culture, in the Arab culture, I don't want to go too far into this, but too late, I probably already have. In my culture, in the Middle East culture, to this day, the weddings, they are huge deals. The, the parties, oh, the food. I mean, and it goes on for days. And they would have known that. They would have known when Jesus described that He was going to go and prepare this place for them, they knew exactly what He was talking about. So the next time somebody says, well, Jesus never taught on the rapture. Yes, He did. Yes, He did. Okay, I feel a lot better. Do you? That's why I believe the rapture has to happen before the seven-year tribulation. Now, this brings me to the aforementioned question of, what if it doesn't? What if this is not it, and this does not lead to the rapture and the seven-year tribulation? Okay. I will answer your question first with a question. 
if you'll kindly and lovingly allow me to answer it this way, what if this is it? And it does. See, I would rather I be wrong and you be right, than you be wrong and I be right. You know why? Because I would much rather sound the alarm and have this be it, than not sound the alarm, only to have this be it. I'm going to make a couple of comments here, and I just would ask that you indulge me. Uh, I made this comment a couple weeks ago, I think it was, that um, I am not going to play it safe. I'm all in. And I'll explain what I mean by that. Last week I was inquiring of the Lord in this regard, and He ministered to me that playing it safe has at its core this built-in need to protect one's reputation. In other words, we're all prone, I'm just as prone as the next guy, to be cautious. You don't want to stick your neck out there so to speak, for fear of the contention and criticism that will always ensue. Did you hear what Pastor J.D. was saying? He's saying this is it. I know. Well, so-and-so is not saying that. Okay. Well, who's right? I would, again, I would rather be wrong and have you be right and this not be it, then me be right and you be wrong and have this be it because of what's at stake. And that's why I can't play it safe and I don't care. I'm just going to say it. I've been saying it and I'm going to continue to say it. I really believe with all my heart that this is it. The contention, and there is much in the way of contention, arises from those who argue that any talk of global governance and AI bio-tracking technology with mandated vaccines, oh, that just falls into the category of conspiracy theory. Man, even worse. Anyone who dare say the rapture is closer than any of us think is accused of being a date setter. By the way, I have never set a date. I have never in all the years. I've been doing these prophecy updates every week for 14 years. I have never set a date. Have I sounded the alarm that we're getting closer? Yes. And it's true. I know this might be a firm grasp of the obvious, but every week that goes by, we're closer, one week closer. You know, one of these weeks, I'm going to get up here and say the rapture is really close. And then one week, I will not say it, because I won't be here. And you better not be here either. Jesus is returning. This fact is one we can get excited about, despite any circumstances we find ourselves in. 
Jesus will return one day to rid this earth of every evil thing that's destroying it. He'll once and for all take down the enemy and establish his kingdom in our midst. How soon will this amazing event occur? The Bible tells us that no one knows the exact date, but it does give us clues about events that will take place as it nears. This is why Pastor J.D. has created these Mideast Bible Prophecy Updates. The Mideast Bible Prophecy Update is a focused look at current events through the lens of prophecy. The Bible has given us clear indicators of what's to come, and we can see many of these events happening all around the world today. Join us each week for an in-depth look at what the Bible has to say about current events on these Mideast Bible Prophecy Updates. The latest updates are available on the In Spirit and Truth YouTube channel, and you'll find a link to our page by visiting InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com. You can also access these teachings through our mobile app for Apple and Android devices. Just search for In Spirit and Truth in your app store, or follow the links provided at InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com. With this app, you can take the Mideast Bible Prophecy Updates with you wherever you go, as well as give you access to many other teachings Pastor J.D. has shared from the pages of Scripture. Thanks for tuning in today. We hope you'll join us again right here on In Spirit and Truth.